0: Feet, please. God is good. I'm falling in love with him more and more and more and more and more and more and more. He's such a good God. OK, repeat this after me. Hold your Bibles high, make your declaration with me, Say, "Father in heaven, Thank you for this word. It is the absolute truth, and I believe it. It is your personal love letter to me. And I receive it it is the answer to my questions and the world's issues Now, Lord today my ears are ready to hear your word my heart is ready to receive your word and I by faith am ready to be a doer of the word in every situation under all circumstances no matter what comes my way in the name of Jesus now, Father, I pray the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart would be pleasing and acceptable in your sight, O oh, Lord, my strength and my redeemer. Today I ask you, let me say only what you want me to say and have me do only what you want me to do. We ask these things today in the name of Jesus and all who agreed said... Amen. As you sit down, please open up your Bibles to the book of Matthew. If you do not have a Bible, please raise your hand, and one of our ushers will get you a Bible. It is so important that you bring a Bible with you when you come to D2L, when you come to church, so that you can hear what God is speaking to you. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Matthew chapter 6, we've been talking about, on Sundays we've been talking about... How to pray. Dear Lord, teach us to pray. It is the twenty-first century. We need to know how to pray so that we can communicate God communicate with God in the twenty first century. Matthew chapter six, verse seven, one more time this morning, we'll read this scripture. When you get there, say I got it. Matthew chapter six, verse seven. And when you pray, do not use vain repetitions, or in other words, empty words, like the heathen or the worldly people do. For they think that God will hear them because they use many words. And I'll tell you what, in our prayer life, sometimes we just need to be quiet and just listen to God. And then other times when we pray, we just need to use the right words and not think that if we get all these fancy words and put them together, that that's what's gonna make God hear us. That is not what makes God hear us. Hear us. God hears our heart. And that's what Jesus is saying here. Therefore, don't be like them, for your Father knows the things that you have need of before you even ask Him. In this manner, therefore, pray Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And do not lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. For if you forgive men their trespasses, your, fe- your heavenly Father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive men their trespasses, neither will your Father forgive your trespasses. Now last week we started talking about verse 13 and temptation. I want to go back to the beginning here in verse 9. Our Father in heaven. Let's bring this this thing, this prayer to a close. This is the model prayer. I'm going to tell you the same things I've told you over the past eight or nine weeks. This is not necessarily the right words that you use in prayer. You have to pray these words, but it's the heart attitude. Jesus gives us an example. When you come before God to pray, number one, begin to see Him as your Father. Not the way that you see an earthly father. Because not everyone has a good relationship with their earthly father. But begin to see him as this all-loving, all-powerful Father who is in heaven. So begin to know him as Father. And when you come before him, come before him as your Father. Then recognize his position. Where is our Father God? Well, right now he is in heaven. And when you start to vision him in heaven and envision him in heaven, you recognize he is not bound by the limitations of this earth. Our Father in heaven. Look at where he is in your prayer time. Acknowledge his position over all authority, his supreme rule over everything. Our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. That word hallowed means set apart. Name means character and authority. Jesus is trying to say, get it into your thick skull that God's character is unlike any other. God's authority is unlike any other. In other words, God is not man. He is not a man. So when you pray to him, recognize he's your Father in heaven and also recognize he is not like the people you experience here on this earth why is jesus telling us that because he's trying to get it to our into our brains that God is not going to treat you the way the people of this earth treat you. And I'm going to show you that in a minute. In Matthew 7, Jesus says, God is not the type of God that if you ask him for bread, he's going to give you a stone. Or if you ask him for fish, he's going to give you a serpent. Jesus is trying to change the way that we think about God. Because if we change the way we think about God, we'll change the way that we pray and communicate with him. Our Father in heaven, set apart as your character and authority. Uh, hallowed be your name your kingdom come the first thing we do in prayer is begin to seek god's kingdom not kurt's kingdom not your kingdom not what you want but god's kingdom his will be done we want his will in our lives Okay, so then he says, give us this day our daily bread. You have to imagine in your mind that God has this storehouse in heaven, and everything you need for every single day is already portioned out. It's already marked out, and God will continue to provide everything that you need. Forgive us our debts. Forgive our sin as we forgive those who have sinned against us. How often should we forgive our brother who has sinned against us? Every single time, Jesus said. Every time your brother hurts you, every time your brother offends you, and I mean brother in Christ. I mean somebody. Every time somebody comes against you, sins against you, hurts you, you are to forgive them as the Bible says your Father in heaven has forgiven you. How many times do we fail God? A number of times in the day, and yet he's still faithful. And God teaches us to be like him, and that's the way that he is. He constantly forgives. And we said that forgiveness doesn't mean that you just overlook the offense, but you look beyond the offense to the person who is there, recognizing that God Loves them and therefore you can love them. So you don't overlook the offense, but you look beyond the offense to forgive as your Father in heaven has forgiven you. Last week we went to lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. God is not the one who brings temptation into your life. Many people think if something comes to tempt you, God is using it to test you and shape your character. Now, while God can use every situation to mold you, He is not the one that brings anything that will help you fall into your life. You need to realize that. The Bible says that everyone is tempted when He's led away by His own desires and enticed. The enemy is the one that's out there doing the enticement. The enemy is the one that's out there leading you away. He knows your desires. He knows your weakness, your fleshly weakness, whether it's food, whether it's girls, whether it's guys, whether it's video games. He knows what it is. And so He He's leading you towards that. God is not the one doing that. However, Jesus said, don't lead us into temptation, but deliver us from the evil one. God says in the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 10 that no temptation will come against you except temptation that is common to everybody. And God is faithful. He's not going to allow you to be tempted beyond what you're able. And also with temptation, God will provide for you the way of escape. So throughout this whole prayer, Jesus is teaching us one thing. Your father in heaven cares for you and he knows what you need before you ask. He knows what you need. So pray this way is what Jesus said. The final part comes in verse, four, uh, verse the end of verse 13. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. That final part there is really just to magnify. When you're in your prayer time, after you've lifted up his name, after you've exalted him, after you've made your request, after you've sought his face for him to lead you not into temptation, but deliver you from evil after you've asked for forgiveness for your sins and you've forgiven others the final thing that you do in prayer is just go back to where you started and just continue worshiping him. That's what Jesus is saying here. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever amen. What he's doing is he's magnifying God above the circumstance. Again, he did it in the beginning of prayer and he's doing it at the end of prayer. And if you're looking for how do I pray, Mr. Kurt, then you can follow this prayer. Number one, come before God as your father. Recognize he loves you and he knows what you need before you ask. Then begin to worship him. Well, what does that mean? Well, Jesus says that you just begin to magnify his name, just magnify his character, magnify his authority, and as you begin to do that, you begin to seek God. I want what your will is in my life. I want your plan for my life. I want your plan for this earth, and as you begin to do that, Father, because I want your plan, I need your daily provision for me. Lord, I also need you to forgive me. Father, don't lead me into temptation today, but deliver me from evil for yours is the kingdom. So at the the end of prayer, you begin to magnify him, you begin to worship him and continue worshiping him just as you were at the beginning of the prayer. Do you see that? Because prayer, I want to tell you something, prayer is just a heart-to-heart connection with your Father in heaven who loves you. That is prayer, period. That is it. A heart-to-heart connection where God gives you some of his heart and you give him some of yours in this beautiful exchange. It's a heart-to-heart connection. So we begin with worship, we make our request, and we end with worship. If you're looking for a basic model for prayer, that is your basic model. This morning, I want to continue. That was all just review. This morning, I want to continue. Just turn one page to the book of Matthew chapter 7. I want you to go to verse 7. Matthew 7, 7. Matthew chapter 7, verse 7. This morning, I want to continue with something that we really need to do. We really need to have a perseverance in prayer. We need to pray and expect for God to move in our lives. We need perseverance in prayer that doesn't quit even when it seems like nothing in the natural is changing. We need perseverance and persistence in prayer. That means we're not going to quit in prayer even when it seems like nothing in the natural is moving. Matthew chapter seven, verse seven. Jesus says, ask, and it will be given to you. Seek, and you will find. Knock, and it will be opened to you. For every one who asks, receives. And he who seeks, finds. And to him who knocks, it will be opened. Or what man is there among you, who if his son asks him for bread, will he give him a stone? Or if, his father, if he asks him for fish, will he give him a serpent? Listen, if you then, being evil or worldly people, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your father who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask him. Again, we see the same attitude. God knows what you need and he'll always provide. Here's the difference. These words, ask, seek, and knock, they're all present tense word. He didn't say having asked, having sought, having knocked. No, no, no. He said ask, seek, and knock. That means they're a continual Pursuit. Keep asking. Keep seeking. Keep knocking. It's a continual pursuit. Now, last night, uh, Miss Jennifer and I were looking at some old pictures, and uh, Miss Jennifer and I will 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 be married five years this May. We've been together for nine years this August. So I've just I'm I'm blown away at the amount of time that we spent together. I I like to say that we were high school sweethearts, even though we only met the last half of uh, of senior year. But I still like to say she was my high school sweetheart. And I got to take Miss Jennifer to prom, which was so exciting for me. And I'll never forget, you know, I, I asked her to prom in this very special way. And we sat right in this youth group, just like you guys are here. And, you know, I was, I was, as we were looking at these pictures and I started to read this scripture, God began to reveal something to me. I had to ask Miss Jennifer to come to the prom with me, right? She couldn't read my mind, right? <laughs> right. Right. Yeah, yeah, she probably wishes she could. Actually, I think I wish I could read her mind. I think that'd be a lot easier. Most men, yeah, that'd be a lot easier. Um, But I had to ask her to go to the prom with me. But see, it wasn't enough just to ask her to go to the prom with me. Miss Jennifer lived in New Bedford. I lived in Pawtucket. That's about an hour away. So I didn't even know where she lived. I had to seek out directions to her house so I could drive there. We're talking about a continual pursuit. I asked her to come to prom with me. And then I had to seek out directions so I could drive to her house because I had never been there. But it wasn't enough for me to be at her house sitting outside the door, sitting in my car. I had to go up to the door and knock on the door, right? I, had to go. She, I would never have the benefit of experiencing prom with her if I didn't take that last step and go and knock at the door. And that's the same thing in our relationship with God. Some of us might have asked Jesus into our heart to be our Lord and our Savior, but it doesn't stop there. It's a continual pursuit to seek his face, to seek his heart, and to knock at the door for his spirit, to knock and to seek who he is. And that's what God began to reveal to me as I'm looking at these pictures and we're thinking about prom and I begin to read this. I had to pursue her. It's one thing to say, will you go to prom with me? But if I never took the steps to seek out directions, to drive there and to pick her up, she would have been sitting at the house dressed, ready for prom. And I would have never experienced going to prom with her because I would have left her at the house. And, and sometimes that's what we do in our relationship with God. We ask for him to come into our heart. Or, or maybe we've already done that. Maybe we're asking him for something. Maybe it's healing in our body. Or maybe it's healing in a relationship at home. But we're not really seeking out his will. We're not really seeking out his face and his heart. And we're not really going to the door and knocking. So this morning, I want to talk to you about a passionate pursuit in your prayer life. Because if you just think that you're going to go before God in the morning, throw up your Hail Mary prayers, and then go throughout your day, you've missed it. And that's how, that's how we, as Christians, spend most of our prayer time sometimes. But Jesus says, ask, ask. Go over to the book of 1 John, chapter 4, please. Uh, chapter 5, 1 John, chapter 5. Now, we know from studying the Lord's Prayer that we just read in verse 6 that the main purpose of prayer is not to ask God for things, but Jesus does tell us that asking God is important. It's important and necessary to ask God for what we need. So 1 John 5, 14. When you get there, say, I got it. Okay. Now, this is the confidence we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, whatever we ask, we know that we have the petitions we have asked of him. Look at how powerful this scripture is. This scripture and Mark 11, 23 and 24 basically say, whatever you ask in prayer, you can have. Absolutely. Every time, whatever you ask for in prayer, you can have. Look at how powerful. Let's read it again. This is the confidence we have as Christians in him that if we ask anything according to his will, he hears us. And if we know that he hears us, we know we have the petitions we have asked of him. Now, some people get hung up on the will. What is the will of God? Well, let me tell you something. God is not going to give you anything outside of his will for you. What is God's will for you? It's his word, and that's why it's important to understand his word. People don't know that in prayer, you have to pray the word. That's praying his will. So if you're out there asking God for healing, and you're not sure if it's God's will to heal you, you're not going to receive that healing. Do you see that? because you have to pray according to his will. And in order to pray according to his will, you have to know his will. If you're asking God to, you know, uh, move on a relationship in your family and and make something better that's really going wrong, there's this thought that's going to come in and say, well, how do you know God really wants that? Maybe God wants this to happen to help everyone grow. But if it's a bad thing, we know it's not from God. James 1 says everything that is good comes from God. So you have to know God's will in order to be able to pray his will in your life. A lot of people aren't receiving from God. They're not receiving the the basic needs that they have, basic healing, basic financial provision. Why? Because they don't know what God's will is in the situation. So Jesus says if we ask for it, we can expect to receive it. And, And John affirms that right here. Whatever it is that you ask in prayer, if you've asked according to his will, you know that you can have it. Here's a great example. There are some of you right now who are on the fringe, you're getting ready to graduate, You know, maybe this year or next year, and, and, this, and this plague over you right now, what's plaguing your mind is, what am I gonna do for the rest of my life? Because somehow, we have taught young people that by the time they graduate from high school, they have to know everything about what they're gonna do for the rest of their life. And that is a lie, because it just doesn't happen like that sometimes. And, and there are some people who always know what they're gonna do, and then there are others who take it day by day, and that's the way that I am. I don't have great vision for the future. I'm following God one day at a time. Other people have great vision and they can see, but I follow God one day at a time. And it's important to know that if you ask God for wisdom for what college you're going to attend, if you ask God for wisdom for what the next step is after high school, you have to know that that is according to his will so you can expect to receive that wisdom you can expect, God, you're going to give me the wisdom. God, when I go onto that campus, you'll tell me right here in my spirit whether or not this is the right place to go to. And maybe for some, it's not that. Maybe you're a little bit younger. You're just looking for a summer job. Well, God has the perfect summer job for you, but you have to pray, God, I want your wisdom in this situation. And then when you show up on the job, he may tell you right here, this is the job I have for you. So you can begin to pray that way. Jesus says, whatever you ask when you pray, you can believe you've received it if you've asked accordingly to his will. So keep asking. Prayer is a continual pursuit. Keep asking. The next thing that Jesus says is he who seeks will find. The book of Jeremiah 29 11 is a scripture almost everyone knows. Jeremiah 29 11, Who knows it? Okay, shout it out. I know the plans I have for you. There's the Lord. Plans to prosper you and not to harm you. Plans to give you a hope in the future. Right. Jeremiah twenty-nine thirteen. Who knows that one? That's the one right after. Yes, Jackie. That is the one right after. Jeremiah 29:13, equally as important. Jesus says, "Everyone who asks receives; he who seeks will find." Jeremiah 29:13, God himself says, "You will seek me, and you will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart." You will seek me and you will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart. Jeremiah 29, 13. Prayer is a continual pursuit. You see, it wasn't enough that I just asked Miss Jennifer to go to the prom. I had to seek out directions to her house. Then I had to passionately pursue by driving to her house. Check this out. I was so excited to take Miss Jennifer to the prom. I wanted more than anything to experience this prom day with this most amazing woman. And I, I was so excited about this. The day, now keep in mind, she lives an hour away from where I used to live in Pawtucket. So the day before prom, I hopped in my parents' car, I followed directions, and I drove to her house. Wasn't expecting me, didn't even know I was there. This, I know this is like stalkerish, but you know, we're following. So, so we're married now, it doesn't matter. But I, I drove to her house. They didn't call, didn't say anything. I followed the directions. I wanted to go to the prom with her so bad. I didn't want anything from stopping me from taking her. I didn't want traffic. So I wanted to know, what's the traffic like at this hour? I didn't want traffic to stop me. I didn't want not knowing the directions to stop me. So I, I, I find the house and then I'm just sitting on, you know, I'm sitting on the side street so she can't tell that I'm outside. I'm thinking, wow, she's in there right now, you know. <laughs> and, <laughs> and I know that sounds creepy, but... I'm trying to give you an example because I didn't want anything. She knows the story. She knows I'm not a creep. No, I didn't. I didn't want anything to come between me experiencing prom with her. So the day before, I went out there. To, to passionately pursue. That's the same thing. Same thing in your relationship with God. I had to know everything. I had to passionately pursue so traffic wouldn't stop me. So, you know, uh, so uh, not knowing how to get to her house wouldn't stop me. But I was pursuing. That's the same thing in our relationship with God. See, her family's so interested. They just stepped out of my office to come and hear the story about how I stalked my wife. It's not the only story. I have more. I was a stalker. What can I say? But Creeper. not really. But watch this. Watch this. This is... This is the important part. When you want something so bad, you will do whatever it takes to get it. Understand? Who's with me? When you want something so bad, you will do whatever it takes to have that. I wanted nothing to separate me from experiencing prom with her. And you know what? God wants the same passionate pursuit in our relationship with him. He wants us to feel like that towards him. That we don't want anything to ever separate us from experiencing him. So we passionately pursue him. God himself says in Jeremiah 29, 13, you will seek me and you will find me when you have searched for me with all your heart. Prayer is a continual pursuit you don't just ask once you don't just seek once you keep asking you keep seeking and the final thing that jesus gives us here is to knock now this word knock is so interesting because when you knock the bible says jesus says that if you knock it'll be opened to you if you knock it'll be opened to you now this is the 21st century you do not open the door to everyone who knocks because there are real creeps, not Mr. Kurt, but there are real creeps out there. There are real creeps. Susie's like, no, you're definitely a creep. You are qualified. You definitely fit the creep description. But there, you don't open the door. Watch this. Jesus says, he who asks receives. Whoever seeks will find, and to him who knocks, it will be opened. Passionate pursuit. You don't open the door. To everyone who knocks, you only open the door to those who you know and those whom you trust. And God is looking to reveal some things to you from his heart. From his very heart. But God doesn't let that stuff out there to just anybody. God lets that stuff out there to people who are passionately pursuing him. To people who are asking. To people who are seeking. Because it was one thing for me to ask Miss Jennifer to the prom. It was another thing to drive to her house. But what really happened is when I knocked on the door. And her father opened the door and let me in. Did you catch that? Did you catch that? I asked, I sought her out, and then because her father expected me, he opened the door when I got there. And I'm telling you, that's the same way it is with God. We can ask, and we can seek him out, and when we really are searching for him, he opens the door because he's expecting us. I want to show you one more scripture here, the book of 1 Corinthians. Isn't that good? I'm just all lit up with that. 1 Corinthians, please. 1 Corinthians chapter 2. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. When you're there say, I got it. First Corinthians chapter 2 verse 9. But it is written, I has not seen nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for those who love Him. It has not entered into the heart of man. Eye has not seen, and ear has not heard. But, verse 10, but God has revealed them to us through His Spirit. For the Spirit searches all things, even the deep things of God. Oh man, if you can catch this, this is so important here. Prayer is not just throwing up words, throwing out your Hail Marys and your requests. Prayer is a passionate pursuit of God, so much so that when you're in your prayer time, God will begin to reveal secret things to you. That's what the scripture says right here. It says, eye is not seen, ear is not heard, nor is it entered into the heart of man what God has prepared for those who love him, but the seekers find it. Because the seekers are seeking Him, and His Spirit is searching all things. And when you begin to pray, God's Spirit is there to reveal those things to you. And I'm convinced that part of the reason why we don't have good prayer lives is because many of us haven't gotten to that place where we really pursue God. We just go before God, we make our requests, and we start our day. Because most of us are giving ourselves 5, 10, maybe 15 minutes to pray in the morning. And the reason why we're not experiencing this heart-to-heart connection with God is because we're not doing what Jesus said keep asking keep seeking and keep knocking we never get to the place we might ask we might even seek but many of us don't get to the place where we go and the Lord opens the door and we enter in and sit down in his presence and just listen to him Did you catch that? Are you following me? That's where God wants us. God wants us at that place where we don't just ask, but we've sought. And now we show up, and he opens the door, and we just sit down in his presence and listen to what he has to say to us. That's where God wants us in prayer. Because when you get that, you get tighter with God. And the influence of this world doesn't matter. And the things that try to pull you down don't matter because you're tight with God and you're connected with God. Everyone knows that the key to a thriving friendship is time and communication together time and communication together if those two things are absent the friends break apart we all know it it's basic it's basic math if you don't have those two things you'll not stay connected same thing with God but because God is a spirit you can't see him face to face so your connection with God and time comes in prayer that's where it is passionately pursuing him there's one more final thing can you handle one more thing I want to share with you this morning can you can you follow me okay good I want you to follow me back to the book of Daniel. This is so important because we're talking about a passionate pursuit, but we also need perseverance in prayer. I want to show you something. Go over to the book of Daniel, which you can find just after the book of Ezekiel. Daniel's one of the major prophets in the Old Testament. Go to Daniel chapter 10. And once you get there, just don't don't look at the scripture, but look up at me. We have to be persistent in prayer. We have to be persistent in prayer, so much so that we never stop asking, that we never stop seeking, and we never stop knocking. That word persistent literally means, watch this, are you all in Daniel? Are you can Daniel say, I got it if you're there. Okay, now listen. To be persistent means to continue despite problems. To be persistent means to continue despite problems. Now, some of us, when we ask God for something, maybe it's healing, or or maybe it's, you know, uh, our family, our dad's out of a job and dad needs a job. And many of us in prayer, when we ask and we don't receive it right away, we begin to lose hope and we begin to lose faith. But the Bible teaches us to be persistent and perseverant in prayer, and to be persistent means to continue despite problems. And here's what I started off by saying. We need perseverance in prayer that won't quit Even when things in the natural seem like they're not changing, we have to be persistent so much so that when even what we're praying about doesn't look like it's changing, we have faith in God that it is changing. Let me give you this example, Uh, Daniel chapter 10, verse 10. Let me just kind of set this up for you. If you don't know this scripture, Daniel is... uh, um, he has been fasting and he has been praying. Okay, Daniel's been fasting and praying. And what happens where we're about to read is an angel of the Lord appears to him. Now Daniel, at the beginning of his fast, has made a request from God. He requested something from God. And we're going to pick up in verse 10. Suddenly a hand touched me that made me tremble and my knees, uh, and, my, uh, made my knees and my hands tremble. Uh, and he said to me, O Daniel, man of man greatly beloved, understand the words that I speak to you and stand upright. For I now have been sent to you. While he was speaking this word to me, I stood trembling. Verse 12 Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, from the first day. You set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before God. Your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me 21 days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I have been left alone there with the kings of Persia. I want to walk through this a little bit slower in verse 12 again, because i got to break this down for you. Then the angel said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day you set your heart to understand and humble yourself before God, your words were heard. And I have come because of your words. But the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood me twenty-one days. And behold, Michael, one of the chief princes, came to help me, for I had been left alone there with the kings of Persia. Now, he who has ears to hear, let him hear. Oh, this is so amazing here. Michael is one of the, what the Bible describes or what we know as, as the archangel. Daniel's praying, and an angel who is a minister of the Lord. The purpose of angels is, is, is to minister. They're ministers of the Lord. They come to minister for earthly needs as people pray. God sends his angels to bring the ministry. Now, here's the thing. He, Daniel prays, and the angel shows up, and what he tells him is that from the first day you prayed, I left. Imagine this, in the heavenlies, God says, my son Daniel is praying down there, and he needs something. So he calls over an angel, and he sends the angel down to heaven. But what we see here is that the angel says, the prince of the kingdom of Persia. He's not talking about the land of Persia. He is talking about Persia as a representation of the world. The world is a representation of uh, you know, the, the evil side of things. He's talking about in the spirit. If the angel is in the spirit, he's coming. He was sent from heaven, but the prince of the kingdom of Persia withstood him. In other words, spiritual conflict. He is coming as a messenger from God to meet the need of Daniel, but the demons are standing against him. The devil is standing against him so that he doesn't get the message to Daniel. Daniel, But the angel says, I left. The first day you made your request to God, I left. And this is what we need. We need a perseverance in prayer because sometimes we don't see things in the natural changing, but God says, you asked for it, I already sent it. The means have come. I've already sent it. But it could be that there's something in the World that's holding it back there could be that there's something in the spiritual that's holding it back but your persistence and your perseverance in prayer will break that thing through and that's what we have to understand we have to passionately pursue God in prayer and persevere so much in prayer that nothing will stop what God has sent